0: Recruitment Journeys is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. No matter what your recruitment journey is, whether it's contract, temp, exec search, or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner to help accelerate growth, speak to Vincere. Visit vincere.io forward slash mint for an exclusive offer for all subscribers of this podcast. Welcome to Series 2 of Recruitment Journeys. This is the podcast series where we speak to selected identities of the Australian recruitment industry about their chosen career paths and their own recruitment journeys in the hope to inform, inspire and motivate others in the recruitment industry. My name is Pete Watson from Mint R2R and we've been placing recruiters into the UK, the US and Australia since 2004. So if you're a recruiter and you're thinking about your next career chapter or your future recruitment journey, and you just want to hear how others did it before you, then please sit back and enjoy Recruitment Journeys. Cara Atkinson, AKA the sales recruiter, is a perfect example of a recruiter not allowing COVID-19 to slow her down. In fact, she's doing the opposite of waiting for the storm to pass. If anything, she's getting busier, not necessarily driving revenue upwards, but by challenging herself and using this opportunity to get involved in other areas that she's passionate about. In this podcast interview, Cara tells us all about her early foray into sales, selling her dad's socks to her schoolyard classmates, to today, where she finds herself sitting on the boards of businesses and not-for-profits, making a difference in today's mentally challenging landscape. Kara is a force to be reckoned with, and I really hope that you enjoy this podcast titled The Specialist Recruiter Spinning Multiple Plates. Cara Atkinson, the sales recruiter. Good morning. How are you doing?
1: Very well, Pete. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Delighted to be
0: here. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for being involved in, in, in Recruitment Journeys, the podcast series. Uh, this is a bit of an interesting one for me, Cara, because, so I think we've done 18 or 19 of, the, of these now. And I think I've known every single person that I've so far interviewed. But you and I don't really know each other, do we?
1: No, no, it is early days for us. I am getting to know you. I've been stalking you a little bit on LinkedIn and, and watched your video last week, walking through a park after you, after you run. So, yeah, um, and, you know, there's not many rec-to-rec firms that, you kind of know of, so um, I've known of you, but first time really face to face that we're meeting today. Yeah, so, yeah. The, the,
0: the, this could go either way. You no, know, you might. It th-
1: could. It this could. Is,
0: this could be terrible. Who knows? Let's,
1: let's both hover over the leave meeting and see what we. <laughs> <need
0: to do. laughs> well, I'm glad you watched that video. It was um, my my 12 year old son pointed out that uh, in my left nostril there was a very inconspicuous bogey hanging out throughout the whole thing. I'll
1: well, leave that with you, son. I'll
0: leave you, that with you, you, didn't Glad you, you didn't see it. Cool. So, well, look. thanks again for, for being involved. Uh, very quickly, explanation of what recruitment journeys is in case uh, there's somebody watching for the first time. Um, we speak to selected identities from the Australian recruitment industry and we talk to them about their recruitment journey um, in the hope to you know, inspire, educate, motivate others who might look at your career, Kara. And go great i like what that lady does i'm going to copy it i'm going to emulate it uh, i'm going to aspire to be you know something like cara atkinson it's, it's as simple as that and, uh, and i think in these bizarre challenging times we all need a bit of inspiration and motivation do we not um but look first off i've i've already given the the viewers and the listeners uh an introduction earlier into who you are cara but in your own words would you mind Introducing yourself and and your business, please
1: No, I'm very humbled to be here actually Pete. Um, given that if my story gives anyone inspo It's kind of a humbling thing to think so 20 years in recruitment uh, started with Michael Page when I was 23 and uh, I was one of those people that didn't fall into recruitment. I actually planned to be part of it Um, I always was fascinated by the interview process and was kind of attracted to the power of, of being that person that decided who was going to go through and who wasn't. Mm. Um, and so I went and met with seven different recruitment agencies back then and um, big, small, medium and landed on page because they were seen um, then and probably now as industry's best in terms of training and development and was really lucky to be offered a role there. And the night before I started, um, my hiring manager rang me and said, how do you feel about working in our Parramatta office? And I was like, Where? And, uh, and they said, yeah, we think Paramount is a good fit for you and, and go into our sales and marketing team. And so I ended up in Western Sydney 20 years ago, Aussie, female, six foot tall, building a sales and marketing desk from scratch in building and construction. And, um, you know, I'd never been in the business before. And I was sort of an enigma because I was in that space where, you know, no one had really worried about going out to St areas and, and leaving the city. Um, and so it was a really good five years, had a great five years there. Uh, then I bounced around, went to a couple of boutique search firms just to learn how to do it at the senior end. There's no difference, PS. Mm. Um, and then 12 years ago, I was pregnant with my first kid and um, I was looking down at this belly thinking, you know, how am I going to manage um, the, the culture of recruitment that we all know, work hard, play hard and, and be a mum and um and all my clients were sort of saying you know we'll follow you wherever you go and so i thought i'd just take a crack at it and, and run my own gig and uh sent out a, a big invoice in week one and that was kind of like just a, just such an amazing moment that i'd done it under my own under my own belt. And so that was 12 years ago. And now, um, uh, so run two businesses uh, the sales recruiter. I'm known as the sales re- recruiter. I'm arrogant yeah. enough to, to call myself the sales recruiter. Um, and my second business is Spark, which is Australia's only sales leader network. And that's something that I set up because spending this long with that market, I knew that they were really disconnected and lonely and uh, they didn't have an association to join. So that's where yeah. Spark came into the picture.
0: Okay, okay. You just answered about six of my questions there, Cara. What an intro. <laughs> sorry,
1: I, did I, I'm rambling. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, my, my, one, of, one of my first questions is, is always, how, how and why did you break into the wonder world, wonderful world of recruitment? Well, you, you kind of answered that.
1: But it's interesting because I do want to go
0: actually back in time before you broke into recruitment. And I'm, I'm reading something here off your LinkedIn profile, which is wonderful. And I'd like to bring it to the attention of the the listeners and the viewers. On your LinkedIn LinkedIn profile, it reads, when I was 14, I sold my dad's cricket socks to my school friends. Navy uniform skirts paired with big white socks, big thick white socks were all the rage back in 1990. I quickly discovered that selling only one sock from the pair ensured repeat business. So I get it, but I'm also curious. So what? So you sold one sock to one person knowing that they would have to come back to you to buy second time did they not feel ripped off
1: they were just intrigued by the prospect of actually buying something with their money that wasn't involved in the canteen so i think you know just making them a customer for the first time in their lives that was outside of their parental guidelines was exciting enough for them to be involved yeah Um, and and just talking them through the journey of being a customer with these socks was enough to get them on board um, and we kind of then, then kind of lead them to the discovery. Well, if you've got one, you probably should get the pair, and that's where that, that started from. So, um, my best mate to this day actually was my first customer and uh, one of my best mates, and uh, she loves bringing up that story and uh, and just cannot believe that she got on that, that gravy train of mine.
0: So, was that your first? Was that your first realization that you did have a an entrepreneurial uh, flair?
1: I don't think there was any like deep thinking about it. It was just um, I actually sold them off my own feet, and she was admiring them. And I just there was an opportunity in a niche, so went
0: for it. So when you started your own recruitment business, yeah, it's usually quite a brave leap of faith for for most people. But you would have thought, you know, I've I've been in business before. I've sold socks in the <laughs> schoolyard. I've I've been down this been down this route before. What's the worst <laughs> that can happen?
1: What else do I need? I'm a sock I'm a sock procurer and and seller. So it's all good. Yeah. I think the thing for me of my own business was um, um, that I, I did have such a strong network um, and background before I got into it. I, I don't think I could have done it for a year or two and then started it. I really did need the, um, the you know, your network is everything. And, um, and so that for me gave me that degree of comfort. And I've got to tell you, the seduction and sexiness of sending out an invoice and owning 100% mm. of that um, kind of had me hook, line and sinker mm. from day one.
0: I've still got my very first invoice uh, <laughs> sitting, on my, uh, sitting on my desktop for a guy called, F- it, it's Mint 001, it's for a guy called Frank Kwame Apaya, I placed him into Ilan IT in London and I got £3,200 uh, and, I, and I, I know exactly what you mean, I mean you send out those first invoices, it's, it's, it's intoxicating.
1: Oh, it is. And the fact that we can remember the detail like that, I could tell you the same story on mine. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And, um, and just the freedom to make decisions. You know, if you, if you really want to work with someone and it doesn't become about the fee, it becomes about the relationship. Yeah. And you can do whatever it takes to get it over the line and build that relationship over the long term. Where, um, you know, most businesses that I've been a part of prior to mine was all about the activity and about the numbers and not necessarily about the depth of that relationship. And so that's been a really fun thing for me over the last 12 years to, to focus on
0: so aside from aside from knowing that you could uh, aside from believing in yourself that you could run a successful recruitment business and aside from knowing that you had the networks you had the mechanics and the foundation in place to do so, why did you choose to go down that route why didn't you instead go and have a, a corporate career what what was what was the pull um, factor
1: yeah I think um I had three kids under three and so having that going on um I needed to have a really good balance. And I just couldn't really see any good examples in the recruitment industry in Australia of big billers who were parents and were able to make that work or who were female, I should say, mums and could make that work. Um, and so I kind of had to forge my own path everywhere that I went. If you're a big biller, you were kind of directed down the path of managing people and that was never my passion or interest. Mm. And um, and so that was probably where it came from. I also, my, my biggest mentor in my life, both business and personally, is my dad. Um, So I went to 13 schools growing up and um, that was because of dad's job. He was um, in insurance and he was kind of known as the fix it guy and he'd go around state to state and turn um, underperforming states around. And so that meant for mum and my brother and my sister and I that we kind of had about six weeks notice before the next move and it was typically interstate. And then we'd go into the you know, the, the company house that they provided for us and we'd go to the school that was near there. And then inevitably mum would hate it and would move us and so we'd have to go to another school when she found the, the actual house. And so, um, you know, going to all those schools at the time, I hated it as a kid. You can imagine how much we hated mm-hmm. that conversation. Absolutely. Um, And in fact, Dad had this theory that if he told us at a restaurant, we wouldn't cry, and so we've got this fear of going to restaurants with my dad. But that's a whole other story. Um, But Dad was the one that, when I was heavily pregnant, went down to the newsagent and got the butcher's paper and stuck it up on my lounge room wall and wrote out the business plan with me, and and we worked on the opportunities together. And he and Mum were the ones that, you know, were looking after a six-week-old baby while I went out. I was I started the business in Brisbane while I went out and trudged the streets of Brisbane and. And made all the cold calls and got all the meetings and so without them you know it wouldn't have been what it what, what it what it is
0: yeah well, your dad and your mum must be very proud of, of of what you've done with the business over over all these years
1: yeah they they really are i mean mums yeah your parents are always proud of you no matter what you do but um the, the greatest thing dad and i say about my business is that the fact that i've got married and changed my surname so he and i can still have this business relationship with no one the wiser that we're we're father and daughter mm. <laughs> so it's really oh. special
0: so how have, um, have you tried to differentiate yourself over the years? Because we're fundamentally, we're all recruiters, we're all doing the same job. Something that I find quite amusing in our industry is everybody claims to be different. The word different is used all the time. I don't know why recruiters want to be perceived to be different. I, I, I think they should be perceived to be just focused on doing the basics well and doing it ethically. I don't know whether that's different. Um, how have you tried to differentiate yourself over the years?
1: I definitely agree with you, Pete. There is this need, this incessant desire to be unique and to be different when essentially the core offering of what we're engaged to do by organisations is the same. Mm. And so for me, the, I guess the difference is deep market knowledge and experience. And with that, market knowledge means that I can agitate pain really, really quickly. I know exactly that my my CEO or my sales director, I know exactly what levers to pull to agitate the pain that they're in. And I'm not talking about, you know, people leaving within 12 months or any of that stuff that we typically go to as junior recruiters. I'm talking about the stuff that keeps them awake at 3am. I know that really well. And I think that once you can start to have that conversation, they go, wow, this chick knows me. And I think you can get to a really good relationship and playing field as equals and peers really quickly. So that's probably the, you know, not necessarily having a strategy around it but that's that's where i that's where i've gone to immediately and that 's where I start to have really quick wins with you know with cold prospects and and I guess that's what my clients that have been around for a long time know me to be that um, that they can call me at six o'clock at night on the way home and and yeah. have um, broad business discussions not about recruitment at all so and that mm. business strategy is what what I really thrive on it's actually not putting a bum on a seat it's, yeah. it's more about how how do you get to Shape that business with your key stakeholder over a period of time is what what um, I believe is really quite different about what I bring to the table.
0: Yeah, agitate the pain is that is that a is that a phrase that you've coined? I've, I've never heard that before. And what does that? Does...
1: I don't know. It's like you know when you get that little stick and you're just like, Eah! and you want them to you know um, I think people buy because they're in pain essentially, and so the longer that it takes you for to arrive at that pain, the less likely you are to walk away with a deal.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay, your business, um, much like mine, is um, is 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 small, small and small and cozy. Um, have you was that strategically the plan? Obviously, you've mentioned you, you've got a you've got a you've got a family. You've got three kids, and, and building an empire <clears throat> comes with its positives and plenty of negatives. And being a small business like ours comes with its positives and its negatives. Did you did you purposefully choose to stay small? Did you you, you have desires to be big?
1: Now, now, Pete, you're agitating my pain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've tried, right? I've tried because I've known that, well, everyone tells you big is successful and Mm -hmm. the majority of the organisations that we work with are large corporates and so you emulate those clients and... um, What I've discovered about myself and and probably this is the whole thing right right through from page onwards is that I love to build but I didn't love to manage people and I get exceptionally um, impatient and I've got really high standards with little things, like big and little things. Um, You know, spelling mistakes and typos and badly worded ads are probably my nemesis and so, um, and when your name is literally the name that's on the door, there's just, you don't get a second cut at that and so... Mm. The people that I have hired into this business haven't lasted long. Um, and it's not something I'm really proud of because potentially I haven't been setting up the expectations really well about um, about my, I guess my desire to succeed and like just not taking any prisoners about that. Um, Mm. that doesn't really work for many employees so that's cool so i've gone up and i've gone down and i'm i think i'm really happy i've realized that success doesn't mean numbers it means profitability um and when you look at my business from a profit perspective versus some of the big organizations i would imagine i'm probably um a fair bit away from um where their profit levels are i'd imagine no overheads i've got an amazing Mm. full-time pa And and that really works for us. And I think too, when you're going out and hustling, um, you're agitating pain and you're developing that relationship really quickly with C-suite. They want to know that you're managing their business cradle to grave. And I think that's pretty special.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there's very it's it's really interesting point. I think there's very few businesses that can grow to a reasonable size and maintain that standard. Um, I can think of a couple. I can't think of I can't think of dozens um and that's that's the challenge in our industry right you know, you get to a certain size and, and businesses start taking punts on people they start taking risks um and standards standards diluted and ultimately i suppose that's why the reputations the reputation of the industry does sometimes suffer a little bit um yeah it's really interesting okay um
1: off often managers that can you know that are engaged enough to talk a bit to people about how their weekend was or maybe trying this differently or that differently i just yeah, for me, it's always been about, um, you know, we're not in the business of HR, we're in the business of sales. It's not mm. about because we love people necessarily. I mean, that helps, but we are definitely in the business of sales. And I, I think it's fascinating that recruitment is sent as a subset of HR, when I, I absolutely mm. don't see it in that discipline at all.
0: Totally, totally. Okay. All right. So um, I don't think I've covered this yet, but <clears throat> to 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 have you as a guest on the, on the podcast, Karen, I kind of need to put you in a box. Put you in a category and this will be all over the the kind of advertising for the for the podcast episode but what we're calling you is um the specialist recruiter spinning multiple plates now what i mean by that is you are not only a sales recruiter running two two, two businesses side by side but you you appear to be somebody who um does that you're spinning plates you're taking on lots of extra responsibilities you're taking on new challenges um the reason you're on my radar is because I saw recently that you had taken on two new posts um the reason you originally came on my radar is because a friend of mine heard you on another podcast and said um oh my god I have just listened to this lady called Cara Atkinson. you've got to get her on the recruitment journeys podcast and, and here we are it took me a year but you've taken on two two posts recently um now before you tell me what the posts are um and why they're important to you would you mind telling me why you personally feel it's important to to take on new challenges um because let's be honest I'm, I'm you know we're all busy people i'm sure you could fill your day with your revenue generating and your three children without taking on these extra things why why the need to do it
1: um great question i'm really restless with um i'm really restless with the same results year on year and and I think it's, you know, as I get older, I'm only 44 and there's plenty more fuel in the tank and I, I just don't want to be tapped out at this age as just a recruiter and like it or, or loathe it when you have that title on LinkedIn and out in the market, that's what we're seen as no matter how good we are or how people rave about us, we're seen as a recruiter mm. and in some food chains, it's down the list um no no
0: i've never heard that
1: before i know i know as sad as that story is that's the reality and it's as frustrating to me today as it is when i first started that you know we're in this this sales role where we can't guarantee our product and i still get let down today by people and we've all been there right we all know how frustrating that is and so i've always been intrigued by you know partnering with these organizations that are typically Manufacturing, construction, building industry, B two B. They're all selling these. They're all in their supply chains of products that they can guarantee, and so it's always really interested me. So, um, yeah, I just felt like um, the revenue. I call it the rollercoaster of revenue in your own business and recruitment. It, it, you know, it can't be harmed by having something consistent coming in there as well. And that's Mm. sort of where the most was is where Spark came from. I mean, that was around. wasn't just around money. It was around this profound isolation that I believe sales directors have. They're, they're considered on paper to be the alpha alpha wolf in the room,
0: mm. but the
1: reality is it's quite different for those guys and there's no one else in their organization that understands the role that they have. Mm. And so um, it's, it's been very humbling to set up a, a, a tribe for those guys to belong to. and really mm. proud to say that um, year two just started July one um, this, year, this month and uh, 100% of members rolled over to year two, which is a really cool moment. Wow. Um, and so that, plus, and then these two board roles that you have referred to, Pete, that you saw, um, are definitely about exercising my right within the network that I've got. Just well, I've, I've seen opportunities and gone after them. So that's where those two go. Great.
0: Board well, look, like, let's 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 focus on those, please. Please tell us what those two okay. uh, two new board appointments are.
1: Yeah. So particularly this year, in the middle of a global pandemic, I've noticed really worryingly that the mental health challenges of australian businesses are really spiking and um i've been really interested in how we've supported those employees even those that have haven't lost their job with survivors guilt and i'm sure like you in the roles that we're in it's been devastating to get eight to ten phone calls over the last three months of people that we love and respect that have lost their roles and so it's been very much front and foremost of my mind and this is a business that i've known for the last three years and known the female ceo for a long time um, and she's an amazing practitioner in what she does in terms of counselling and psych support and mental health for businesses. Um, and um, but she's made the organisation. I think it'd be fair to say if she was listening. <coughs> um, hard to buy.
0: Yeah,
1: it's quite a convoluted. Um, um, and what I've found through recruitment is actually that's my sweet spot: is paying un- that's hard to buy, and making it really easy to buy. So that's my role as part of.
0: And, and somehow contribute to. Um, and the second
1: board role is Reuter, and they're a, a consultancy firm that's really partnering closely with Defence. So they run contracts um, for <coughs> Defence as a third party. They also recruit. Um, typically engineering specialists into defence, which is not my, I'm, you know, I'm sales, it's not engineering, it's not my bag at all. Um, and they also partner with manufacturing organisations in Australia uh, to build sovereign capability and supply to defence. And I thought, you know, when COVID hit and all of our supply chains were shut down and every sales director I knew was talking about that same thing, about where they could get product from, I thought surely this is the opportunity in Australia for us to stand on our own two legs Mm. and build manufacturing capability so for the fact for to have this opportunity within that organization and, and bring manufacturing organizations to this to this business to get into defense is kind of serendipity for me it's yeah. it's a, it's gonna it's gonna be a real joy it's early days but um you know it's a really cool um situation to be able to pick up the phone to a ceo that potentially wouldn't have talked to you as a recruiter and now have that great conversation with them
0: mm. fantastic well congratulations on uh, on on challenging yourself even further. Um, yeah, the, the mental health one is a, is a huge one, isn't it? It's, um, I, I introduced you on email recently to uh, a lady called Rhonda D'Ambrosio, who's, who's just started a, a company in the UK called Mental Health in Recruitment. Um, you know, it's something that's <clears throat> been neglected in our industry for, for many, many years. Um, we're certainly getting better at it. But never before has it been more important um, than, than now because, you know, we're, we're all, we're all isolated. We're all, um, <clears throat> yeah, we're all, we're all sitting in our own thoughts, aren't we? It's a tough time. I
1: agree, Pete. I mean, I, you know, people say to you, what makes a successful recruiter? I've got to go back to the fact I think it's good. You've got to be mentally strong
0: mm-hmm. because
1: with, even without a global pandemic, there's no one that, You know, when you're having a shit month in recruitment, there's nothing worse than this role. When you're having a great month or a quarter recruiters, I do I reckon there's anything better than this role. And all the the roles I've ever recruited, I don't think there's nothing better than this role. Um, So, yeah, the mental strength of a recruiter is something that we probably don't advertise for, we don't interview for, we hope that we've got it, but we certainly don't support it. Um, So I'm really fascinated by that person that introduced me to her work and I want to have a closer look at it.
0: Yeah. But there's an assumption, you see, because, because of that, because of the expectation for mental toughness and the assumption that every recruiter has mental toughness, because that's probably what they say in the interview. You know, they, you know we, we all use words like resilient and we are to a degree, um, but nobody is, you know, absolutely bulletproof to the point that they, they can handle what we're going through right now without it having an impact. No, oh, I
1: agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I I definitely thought I was bulletproof until this. This has been a real leveler. Yeah, um,
0: that's the thing. It has, yeah, no, yeah, it so has. It has been a it has been a level leveler. How has um, obviously so we're, so we're touching on COVID, um, and I know we're all a little bit, we've all got a little bit of COVID fatigue in terms of talking about it in relation to the economy and what have you. But if if you don't mind sharing, how has it affected your business?
1: Oh yeah, I've taken a hit along with everybody else. I think that there's a there's a mood out there in the market right now that um, we'll be okay. Let's save ourselves 25, 30k and we'll do it ourselves. There's plenty of people mm. out in the market and, and mm. we can handle it ourselves. Um, so th- there's definitely been a direct impact like every other recruiter that has been. And I think it's not even about not having the job board. It's more about the fact when you get that phone call from, from the person that's respected you enough to pick up the phone and, and share with you that they've been impacted that you don't have the jobs to connect them to like you normally would, that that has what's really been um, tough for me.
0: Yeah. So are your, are, your, um, do you have, are your clients not hiring at all or are they just saying, look, we'll hire, but we just want absolute unicorns?
1: Yeah, I think there's been a real move with lots of restructures going on. That seems to be the, the favourite word at the moment. Everyone's restructuring and trying to do things uh, smarter with less people. And, through those restructures, when people unfortunately have been made redundant, um, other roles are definitely being created out of that restructure. But I think the companies are seeing it in really poor taste to go out hard and, and market for the person like they normally would. And so, you know, um, reverse marketing or whatever you call it in your agency is probably really prominent right now mm. and being really smart about who you take out there because they are being bought. You just have to be smarter about how you present them to your client and in the right time and knowing what's going on. Mm. Rather than just, you know, um not 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 spraying and praying. It has to be really strategic and as senior as you can go and then they're being bought. Um but they just don't want to be seen as that poor taste organisation that's just made five hundred people redundant, and now I going to go yeah. and advertise everywhere. Yeah. So there's still opportunity out there, and I think um, it's tough for an individual to go and find it that hidden job market that we all talk about. But um, and I feel for any recruiters that are new into this game because to not have the depth of relationships there must make it really tough. But I think us vets that have got some grey in their in their hair will know which levers to pull to, to, to make a hot candidate still get bought. Thankfully Mm. that's still there. Mm.
0: Mm. Has there been any silver linings for your, for your business um, that, that have, that have happened because of COVID?
1: Well, I would never have looked at those board opportunities without capacity to think about them and be able to deliver on what I say I was going to deliver on. So those, the silver lining for me is absolutely working in mental health and defense that that's, um, it's kind of been a side passion of mine, but not really been a reality, a commercial reality till, till now, which is awesome. Mm. Um, and I've got to talk about Spark through this. You know, I read somewhere, I think on HBR, I have a business review about um, um, covid really bringing micro communities into focus and nothing is more true of that than, than spark. Mm. Um, The fact that we were able to benchmark our leadership against each other, take ideas from what each other were doing when essentially no one knows what the hell is going on and what the future looks like um, was really uh, again, humbling to be part of and gratifying to know that I had built this thing and and seen that gap way before we even knew what a pandemic was and, and, and how useful that has been to, Uh, Many of the members who are in there from across discipline, um, they're running large sales teams, but other than that, their industries are all very different, but yet the challenges are the same, all people-focused. And so that's been really cool. To um, That's been a definite silver lining that I just thank goodness that that started before this hit because it would have been hard to get it off the ground now, I'd imagine.
0: So because because we are in the grip of COVID now, is, is Spark something that you're looking to push wider, harder, bigger? Or is it is it kind
1: of it's a funny it 's a good question because when I first like put the business plan together, you go straight into numbers right that 's what kind of drives a business plan, but actually what i 've discovered through the time is it 's around again quality and giving those guys and girls an experience where they couldn 't get anywhere else and making sure that it 's just so integral to their professional toolkit that it continues on for years and years. And so with that means that it's not about scale right now. Um, it's about really meaningful customer experiences. And so I, my goal is at this stage to bring one Spark member on every month and okay. um, and be really, um, I guess, mindful of the group that I already have, and not just throw people in there and see what fit, like I kind of just, it's, it's quite, a, we have a no dickheads policy, and you know, mm. you've gotta make sure you bring in the right person.
0: Mm. okay. Well, if, if, if you're cool, I'll, I'll include all the links and, and, and relevant information love to. Yeah. And, 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 and anybody can reach out to you who wants to talk further about SPACs and what have you. Um, but going back to that point of, of silver linings, I, I, I don't know where I've heard it, and I, you know, but I've now heard it a few times. I don't think it's like a set in stone phrase per se, but a few people have said something along the lines of when all is said and done, referring to COVID, you know, we all need to be able to look back at this time and look at ourselves and see how we handled it. How did we respond to COVID? What did we do? Did we bury our head in the sand or did we, did we stand up and, 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 and make the necessary changes and, and basically you know, punch COVID in the face and just, just, just do things to improve ourselves? Um, so it seems that you're certainly the latter. Um, I think anybody who is just basically sitting on their thumbs and, and waiting for the storm to pass is is probably missing a trick, um, and yeah, I don't think we all need to go out there and start running 12k per day and learn a new language, but I do think this is the opportunity to to, to dig deep and self reflect and just you know, try and make some changes professionally think, and personally.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Pete. I think as recruiters, we have such a, um, we have such a cool um, skill set that until you get out in the market and start talking about it I don't realize. I don't know if everyone realises how good we are at what we do and what else we bring to the table that's not just about putting a bum in a seat. So um, it doesn't take much to, and I hate to use the word because everyone's using it, but pivot. I'm not necessarily saying pivot. I'm just saying adjust five degrees and look at something else to bring into your to your armour because, yeah. um, you know, the, the good recruiters, and we all know who we are, will definitely have bigger opportunities than... just that for now and recruitment's not dead forever it's probably going to take a hit i reckon i I probably felt good about it by saying to myself it's probably 12 to 24 months before it came back to how it was um and whether that's right or wrong i'm not sure but i definitely felt mentally better about making that decision in my head about what it was looking like for for me and for my businesses um but i yeah i definitely feel like the best recruiters are are so marketable in a whole range of different industries so it's not i think it's uh, you know about being trying to be curious and playful about what this time looks like and just try mm. some stuff on and see what, see what lands. Mm.
0: So when the, when the, when the, when the shit storm passes over and the skies are clear again, what next for you? What next for Cara? What next for your business?
1: I, be, or for me, it'll be really about consolidation. I've got to make sure that as one person and a support person, I can still deliver Um, to expectation there's there's a few more um, stakeholders in the mix now and so it will be um, I think it's probably not being too attached to what that looks like right now and just focusing on you know the next month and the next quarter rather than thinking about anything crazy like a two or five year plan I think that would just do anyone's head in so um, what's next is seeing what comes out of these opportunities in front of me and, and hopefully being able to impact um, a whole market of people that I haven't had that opportunity to do yet. That's that's pretty exciting. So that for me is it's pretty short sighted viewing right now, and I think that's for me the best place to play in. Mm.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for 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 being involved. Um, like I said at the beginning, this this is all about <clears throat> inspiring and motivating other recruiters, and I think if anybody can look at you and, and see that you are using this this opportunity to you know, to, to get out there and, and grab other other things and challenge yourself and stretch yourself and take on new opportunities, that's an inspiration. I, I hope that just motivates somebody out there.
1: Uh, oh, no, I'm happy to. I mean, as a recruiters, we're a tribe. No one gets it better than what we all do in terms of what we're all going through. So I welcome um, the chance to talk to any um, competitor. You know, it's yeah. not competitors at the moment. We're all in it together. And so really happy to take this offline with anybody that wants to have a chat further about it. I, you know, we if i can support anyone or help anyone then i'll absolutely do that
0: awesome well listen good luck good luck with the, the new um the new board roles good luck getting through the next six months i'll say six months instead of 24 months i can't bring myself to think that that far ahead <laughs> and uh and i look forward to, to catching with you when we get through this
1: thank you pete thanks very much for the opportunity
0: thanks Kara. take care you too bye Thank you so much for listening to the Recruitment Journeys podcast. Really hope you enjoyed it. Now, while we're passionate about bringing inspirational recruitment stories to our network via this podcast series, Recruitment to Recruitment is our bread and butter and our day job. So if you are a recruiter thinking about your next career chapter or your recruitment journey, see what I did there, we're always keen to have a confidential discussion with recruiters about what's going on in the market. So please feel free to contact me in the strictest of confidence on 432 triple six seven zero one or email me at pete at mint recruitment group.com thank you so much for listening and please watch out for our next inspirational podcast interview coming very soon